0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is Trinity Sunday, or as some in the church world would call it, Heresy Sunday. I'm sure you've seen the memes that advise preachers to just show pictures of kittens during their sermon, rather than wander into the problematic territory of explaining the Trinity. Though it is a joke, it's not that far off from being truth. It's challenging to explain the Trinity because, honestly, we don't truly understand it. It's a mystery. It's like trying to have someone explain communion. As soon as you start describing it, you quickly realize the number of dead ends and detours that so clutter your path you invariably lose your way. It might seem that someone with a master's in theology could offer you an explanation that was both satisfying and afforded you a defense when it comes to belief about the Trinity. But she can't, and it is much more complicated than that. There's a great scene in the first few minutes of the movie Hail, Caesar, in which the producer, Eddie Minix has invited a rabbi, a Catholic priest, an Orthodox priest, and a Protestant preacher to a meeting to make sure that his movie won't offend others and that the theological elements are up to snuff. The movie that they are filming is about Christ, but from a Roman centurion's point of view. After the four clergy get over being gaga about the star of the picture and the conversation that the chariot scene is too fakie and thus would definitely not be up to snuff, they finally begin to discuss the reason that they are there, or the reason they think that they are there, and that is the nature of God. The producer tells them that he is only concerned with not offending the reasonable American, regardless of faith or creed. The clergy immediately focus on Jesus Christ. The rabbi says that Christ is not God to which the Orthodox priest immediately counters with the comment that he is not, not God. The argument quickly boils down not to a discussion about Christ being equal to God, but a discussion that he is not, not God, to which the producer is quick to ask, all of us have a little bit of God in us, don't we? The Catholic priest interjects that his denomination believes that Christ is the Son of God, and the Son of God takes upon himself the sins of the world in order to offer us salvation. Thus humanity, through faith, may enter the kingdom of heaven. This causes the producer then to ask the question, so God is split? To which the priest replies, yes and no. Clears the whole thing up, right? The whole time that this conversation is taking place, the rabbi looks like he is suffering a migraine. But before he can speak, the Orthodox priest says, there is unity and division, to which the Protestant immediately interjects, and division and unity. The producer is completely confused at this point, and so are we. The rabbi can no longer hold his tongue and claims that the other clergy at the table are screwballs because God doesn't have children, much less a dog. God is a bachelor and very angry. The Catholic priest, who is starting to lose it, declares to the the rabbi that he used to be angry. The rabbi, what? He got over it? The Protestant, you worship a God of another age. The priest, who has no love. The rabbi, not true. He likes Jews. (laughs) The Protestant, God loves everyone. The priest, God is love, the orthodox. God is who he is. The rabbi, this is special. Who isn't who he is? The priest finally brings it back to the reason that they are there. But how should God be rendered in the motion picture? The motion picture that is about Jesus. To which the rabbi interjects, God isn't in the motion picture. So the Protestant asks, then who is? And there you have it, a very elaborate and confusing conversation, but one that leads to the question of the day, the question of a lifetime, then who is God? At this point, if I were smart, I would start showing pictures of kittens, or at least pictures of Petunian, Archibald, my Basset hound puppies. But I'm not that smart, so instead I'm going to launch into my own heretical beliefs regarding the Trinity. Hang on, it's going to be fun. (laughs) Though as you have just heard, those beliefs lead to even more disagreement, questions, and doubt than probably any other doctrine or theological belief that we profess. I think that where the rabbi, the orthodox, the priest, and the protestant clergy went wrong was in focusing on the individual nature and definition of each of the three entities that make up the Trinity. Every Sunday, immediately following the sermon, including this one, we will profess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. That creed begins, We believe, and then goes on to outline what we believe about God as Father, God as Son, and God as Holy Spirit. The terms by which we define the three aspects of God are broad, but they have caused more than one divide. The simple fact that we understand God as having a divisible nature has divided us from those of the Jewish faith. Roman Catholics believe that not only was Jesus born of a virgin, so was his mother. For Jesus to be fully man and fully God divided early Christians— and one of the most famous church splits in all of history was the division over what is known as the filioque. That's that language in the Nicene Creed that we will verbalize this morning when we say the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. You might want to call semantics on this one, but the very words we use in the Creed split the early church into Orthodox and Catholic faith. Words matter. And the language around the Trinity has caused strife and division throughout the history of Christendom. So when we get bogged down with trying to explain the Trinity from each of its individual aspects, we are quick to discover heresy and division. That's why I think it might be a little less helpful to talk about the Trinity from the individual aspects of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It may be a little more helpful to discuss the nature of the Trinity at its most essential element— Community, three in one, one in three. This is communal language that denotes relationship. The Father, Son, and Spirit are in relationship with one another and with us. Our very salvation is not individualized or particular. It is communal. God God dies on a cross for all of us. Each and every one of us, not for some who are good and to hell with those who are bad, not for the righteous versus the heathen, not for me, regardless of you. We are not saved by ourselves. We are saved with one another through the actions of God. The Trinity is an unselfish vehicle of relationship in which Jesus points to the Father, and the Father points to the Spirit, and the Spirit points to Jesus, and Jesus points back to us. We hear that in the reading from John this morning. All that the Father has is mine, and we are the inheritors of all of that as Jesus is Jesus's. The Spirit will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you, to us. There is an intricate web of relationship amongst the Trinity, and we find ourselves being gathered into it, and we cannot be unwound. But how very different that is from our own understandings of relationship in Western culture. Ours is a culture that celebrates individualism. We strive for individual achievement and accolades. We want to excel, and we push our children to excel. We have shelves filled with trophies and plaques to demonstrate our achievement. Diplomas and honorariums, even memorials, hang on our walls to ensure that others know our accomplishments. We are a society built on individual achievement. That individualism prompts us to evaluate our experiences and relationships in terms of what we might get out of it. When faced with a decision, our automatic go to is not how might this benefit society, much less God, but what will this do for me? If we are being honest, our truth is wrapped up in our selfish, self centered desires and too often rejects the spirit of truth that came down on that day of Pentecost. This heresy of Trinity is that it is really about humility, putting oneself aside. In order for the community of Christ, the kingdom of God, to thrive. The original purpose of the question by the producer in Hail Caesar was not the nature of the Trinity or even the nature of Christ. It was whether or not the movie's depiction was fair, unoffensive, and reasonable. As we all know, there is nothing fair, unoffensive are reasonable about God, but the Orthodox clergy responds to the producer, I've seen worse. The Protestant affirms, there's nothing to offend a reasonable man. The priest felt the depiction was respectful and exhibited tastefulness in class. The rabbi at last answers, eh, I haven't an opinion. His is probably the most theologically accurate view of any of the religions present at that meeting. It's not that we as Christians shouldn't have an opinion. It's that we understand that the bottom line is God will offend us. Trinity is offensive. The nature of God as Trinitarian has continued to offend throughout the ages for 2,000 years in part because we have so many opinions about who God is and what God should be doing, and we haven't agreed on those. I'm not sure we ever will. We are offended by Trinity, and thus choose to call heresy whenever we hear something that conflicts with our beliefs, that questions or challenges our status quo, the way that we believe the world should be. For us, that status quo is more often than not individualism, Yet God would tell us that if we were to look to Him in the nature of who God truly is, we would discover how misguided we have become. God is always community, and the essence of God is relationship, regardless of who we are, what we profess to believe, how wealthy or poor, our color or ethnicity, our political beliefs, even our favorite baseball teams. We are always in relationship with one another, and thus with God. How we are in relationship with one another is a clear indication of how we are in relationship with God. God cannot be fully known. As Paul reminds us in the letter to the Philippians, now we can only know in part. God will always be mystery. We will never agree on the nature of the Trinity, and we don't have to. All we have to do to want to know God is to look toward our relationships. And in that aspect, we would all do well to work on those relationships one with another, lest we be offensive to God. Amen.